Man Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including a look ahead. NFL Wild Card Weekend is only two days away. Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera has a new gig in Washington. The coaching carousel continues to spin in the NFL. Your Panthers still don't have a head coach. Neither do the Browns or the Giants as we speak. And I'll let you know which jobs are viewed as better in the eyes of front office executives and the coaching candidates themselves. And which jobs are viewed as lesser. The Washington job, for the record, is a pretty consensus dead last among this year's vacancies. I like, admire, and respect Ron Rivera for what he did in Carolina on and off the field. I wish him well working for Daniel Snyder, but a lot of really good coaches have signed up for that gig and fallen flat on their face, often not because they were lacking anything, but because they were jumping into one of the most dysfunctional cultures in all of American professional sports. I wish Ron and his family well. I am skeptical about his chance for high-level success in Washington. Meanwhile, Jason Garrett of the Cowboys is meeting again with team owner Jerry Jones. He another of the longest-tenured NFL head coaches and the longest without a single trip to the Super Bowl on his resume. We have great guests to get to. David Stern, the legendary NBA commissioner, passed away yesterday at the age of 77. One of our favorites on the NBA, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer, will drop by. I will offer my two cents on a commissioner whose work I admired, a guy I got to interview back in the day. He is described by some as the greatest commissioner in the history of American sports. I think there's a fair debate about that. You can chime in on it if you'd like. Was the late David Stern the greatest commissioner in the history of American sports? There's no doubt in my mind that he is on the short list. Had you not known, consider this. In the 1970s, when I was a wee little kid, it was hard to find the NBA on TV, period. And even when it got to the NBA championship series, I kid you not, young people, you sometimes were watching NBA finals games on tape delay. It wasn't even live. This was only the 70s. I mean, dinosaurs were not roaming the earth. This was in the lifetime for many of us. Minimal TV presence, serious drug problems in the NBA when David Stern took over in the early 1980s. He ended up being the commish for exactly 30 years. He actually stepped away on a specific date so that it was exactly a 30-year tenure for him. Bonus points, of course, for longevity. But he oversaw a league and was part of the additions of the WNBA and the G League. The dream team NBA presence at the Olympics came along in the early 1990s. He turned a, turned a struggling domestic product into a mega successful global product, the National Basketball Association. Rick Bennell on the NBA of today and the best way to remember David Stern. Jordan Cornette is also going to drop by. 
He is with the ACC Network nowadays, former Notre Dame basketball player, all-around good guy. We'll talk college hoops as, of course, that is front and center along with bowl season, along with the NFL wildcard weekend and coaching carousel. We'll get into a little bit of a lot of things and allow for your participation in between our guests. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program and back from a long holiday vacation. He is also the voice of USA Baseball, the voice of High Point Basketball under the legendary coach Tubby Smith. Intern Will, representing William Peace University with distinction, will be the voice that you hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. Statewide listeners, always a part of our statewide syndicated program as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. I have the NFL on my mind. I even have the greatest athlete of the decade on my mind. As we glance forward, wild card weekend, LSU Clemson, an all-Tigers affair for the national championship. Other bowl games, of course, still continuing in college football. Gonzaga is the sixth different number one team in the AP poll in college basketball. The Zags probably will be there for a while, given that they're in conference play. Duke is number two. Louisville's in the top 10. Florida State and UVA are in the top 25. NC State is looking good. Our guest Jordan Cornette, really high on the Wolfpack, and he just saw Duke annihilate Boston College right here in our backyard. Carolina, only 8-5, and five, and looking forward to the return of their star point guard Cole Anthony at some point in the coming weeks. Roy Williams, while we were away over the holidays, did tie his mentor, the late Dean Smith, at number four on the all-time Division I men's basketball wins list. 879 is that magic number. Pretty cool to see Coach Smith's son, Scott, there on the Smith Center floor as Roy Williams was sort of forced into a post-game celebration with a couple of his players, but also Dean Smith's own son. We'll get into college hoops, NFL, David Stern, NBA, bowl season, and more. Shout out to App State and UNC and North Carolina A&T. They all were among the victorious bowl teams as that schedule continues and builds up. we got to wait a while. In fact, I'll tell you why we have to wait so long for the national championship game. Unusual set of circumstances. The only year of the 12-year contract for the college football playoff, the only year with this kind of bizarro, wait a minute, we saw two semifinal games on December 28th, and one was a blowout like we expected. LSU crushed Oklahoma. The other was a thriller. And I don't mind Ohio State Buckeyes fans who are still mad about at least one of the controversial calls in that matchup against the Clemson Tigers. Why were the semis on December 28th, but the title game is not until Monday, January 13th? That's a long break, folks. It was not originally designed to be that way, but... For the only time in this 12-year contract, that's how it's going to be. So we got a long way to go before we see Tigers versus Tigers for the college football national championship. Jordan Cornette on College Hoops, second hour. Rick Bennell on the passing of David Stern and, of course, the NBA at large in hour number three. Who was the greatest athlete you saw over this past decade? We're kind of tying a bow on 2010 through 2019. Darren, as I say hello to you, and it's great to see you, other than members of my immediate family, I see you 
probably more often than I see any other human being, including my own mother, father, brother, sisters, etc. I was just explaining vice versa to a group of people really over weird, New Year's. Yeah. I haven't seen you in weeks, <laughs> literally. Weeks, plural. That is crazy. Thank you for carrying the baton in my absence. For sure. And uh, I, of course, missed you on the days I was here and you were not. You and I have shared about half a decade together. You, a man of logic and reason, I think will agree with me on this. I am not up for any debate about when a, de a decade begins or ends. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I'm in a great mood to start the new year. We are celebrating a decade of statewide syndication. That's never been done in the history of this state. So, of course, right out of the gate in 2020, thank you. To our listeners, to our affiliates, to our sponsors, none of this could have happened without you. And I had no idea, as a guy who came up the ranks as a writer and an editor, that we would end up with an award-winning statewide syndicated platform unlike anything ever seen in the state. It's a, a rare and really unprecedented way where folks in Asheville and Boone and High Point and Winston-Salem and other places to our west, Charlotte callers as well, Wilmington, Greenville, and so many places to our east. And, of course, we're located here in the Triangle at least most of the time. Never would have thought that I'd end up in sports radio at all, much less we would have this unprecedented 10-year run of statewide syndication. So thanks again to everybody who's played a role in that. Because of that great mood, have you heard this debate? When does a decade actually begin or end? Yeah, yeah. There are some no, who want to say. I don't think I'm familiar with what's, you, if it's a thing that's, okay. that's happening. There, there are some who no. say we're only nine years into the decade. That the, de the first year of the decade was actually 2011. So that we're starting the 10th sure. year of the decade. I'm not up for that, man. <laughs> I, I really don't even care. You can do it either way. But the Associated Press, for example, named an athlete of the decade, both a female athlete of the decade, a male athlete of the decade, and I think they got it right. Now, I, I will celebrate, and you have been with me for roughly half Close of this to decade. Half of that, yeah. Shout out to Jared Brooks and Hayes Permar, who both had to endure me for five years of their lives and careers as the producer of The David Glenn Show. But I, it's great to see you again, truly. We have lived through together Mike Trout of baseball to choose one of our favorite athletes in one of the sports that you and I both of love course. the most. How about a little Usain Bolt, Olympic sprinter? Wasn't he one of the best athletes you saw in the last decade? How about, if you're into the Olympics, a little Simone Biles from the gymnastics world? How about Michael Phelps or Katie Ledecky? How about Lionel Messi or pick your favorite international soccer superstar? How about a little Novak Djokovic? There's three really good candidates from the men's tennis world. Serena Williams, of course. LeBron James, of course. Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Sidney Crosby. I mean, we have seen a heck of a decade worth of great athletes, great teams, and fun championships. Happy New Year to everybody. We will let you chime in on the questions of the day. Who was the greatest athlete of the past decade in your eyes? NFL question for fans of that sport, including me. Is anyone who is playing this weekend, meaning no buy, you didn't get a buy, you didn't win enough games to earn a free pass into the next weekend, is anyone actually playing this weekend good enough to win the Super Bowl? We've seen it happen. I wouldn't guess that the Bills or the Texans in Saturday's early game would fit that description. I wouldn't guess, and I'm an Eagles fan, that the Seahawks or the Eagles, who face each other Sunday night, would fit this description. 
there are others that I think have a chance, even though they're playing this weekend. We'll talk NFL looking forward. We'll talk David Stern, athletes of the decade, and other things looking backward. We'll have fun with college hoops. We'll have fun with bowl season and other college football. The Carolina Hurricanes continue to play great hockey. You are welcome to jump in on that topic as well. 1-800-849-2761. Was David Stern the greatest commissioner in the history of American sports? More of my two cents with your phone calls on those questions of the day. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us statewide on the David Glenn Show next. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Both guests are later. You have an invitation to join at any time. More of my thoughts on the NFL, college football, college basketball, Carolina Hurricanes, NBA, and other Happy New Year headlines of the day. Who was the greatest athlete of the past decade? LeBron James and Serena Williams seemed like suitable winners for me. Tom Brady, Steph Curry, KD, Mike Trout, Usain Bolt. Novak Djokovic, Sidney Crosby, Floyd Mayweather, Michael Phelps, Katie Ledecky. Looking backward, that question of the day. Looking forward is this. Is anyone playing in an NFL playoff game this weekend good enough to actually keep winning, mean beyond this Saturday and Sunday, and win the whole darn thing? That is not unprecedented. Quick reminder, here are your matchups. Bills at Texans, the early game on Saturday. Titans at the mighty New England Patriots on Saturday night. We are not used to seeing Belichick and Brady on this wild card weekend. Sunday's matchups, Vikings at the 13-3 and New Orleans Saints. If you win that many games, you usually punch your ticket to the next round without having to mess with a bye week or, or an opening round opponent. Vikings at Saints in the afternoon game. Seahawks at Eagles in the late afternoon game. I believe the answer is yes. You can chime in. Is anyone playing this weekend, meaning no bye, good enough to win the Super Bowl? I'll take your answer as I share mine. 1-800-849-2761. Was David Stern the greatest commissioner in the history of American sports? As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Darren, quick shout-out to my family friend, Luther, who just celebrated a birthday, one of Avery's best friends. They're not in school yet. They, don't, they get to wait until Monday. So we have a whole new branch of the DG Show audience since not all school kids are back in school yet. <laughs> so happy birthday, Luther, from us at the David Glenn Show. Was David Stern, died yesterday at the age of 77, the greatest commissioner in the history of American sports. Do you know who had that label as I remember it as a child? It was a guy named Pete Rozelle, who was the NFL commissioner. And like David Stern, who, remember, was fully 30 years worth of the NBA commissioner, Pete Rozelle was the NFL commissioner before I was born at the end of the 1960s, all the way through the 60s, all the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s. And the NFL went from something that if you're young enough, you might not even recognize. The NFL was not always the most popular sport in America. It ran way behind baseball for a long time and even well behind others for stretches of its history. 
Well, thanks in part to the television age and then the cable television age and technology advancements and athletic advancements, et cetera, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle has often been described as the best commissioner ever because over those 30 years, he took it from something interesting, didn't even have a Super Bowl by that name yet, when Pete Rozelle was named the commissioner of the NFL. By the end of the 60s, of course, you had the creation of the Super Bowl. It led to big TV money and, of course, the monstrosity and success story that we know of it today. David Stern, to me, is on the short list with Pete Rozelle and whomever you might want to add as one of the greatest commissioners in the history of American sports. Died yesterday at the age of 77. And here's the bottom line. When David Stern took over the NBA in 1984, television revenue for the league as a whole was roughly $10 million a year. $10 million a year. And as I said earlier in today's show, you couldn't even be sure that an NBA championship series game would be live. We did have network TV back in the 80s, remember. But at David Stern's beginning, there might be some high-profile matchup that you can't wait to see who wins this pivotal game, and yet you're watching it on, back then, NBC or CBS or ABC. You're watching it on tape delay. It was so weird, and of course, this is pre-internet, you weren't even always sure you were watching it on tape delay, although they usually did a pretty good job of trying to let you know, yeah, this is not live action. You're watching something that happened earlier today. The TV revenue per year under David Stern went from the $10 million a year to you ready for it? What was the number by the time he stepped away in 2014, five or so years ago? How about $900 million a year in TV revenue? Put those numbers on for size. Crunch those, bean counters. $10 million a year to $900 million a year over the course of 30 years under David Stern as the NBA commissioner. Now, is it all about him? Of course not. But I think what defines great leadership is not only attention to detail, global vision, and he deserves credit for all that. And, yes, he was steering the ship as they went from $10 million a year to $900 million a year. Now, Michael Jordan came down the pike at around the same time that David Stern was becoming the NFL commissioner. But what he did incredibly successfully, among other things, he took opportunities that he did not create but turned them into success stories for the NBA. In other words, what do we talk about, Darren, on this show all the time? Yeah, control the things that you can control. Do your best not to worry too much about the things outside of your control. Or you could go crazy. But when opportunity knocks, now it's on you. Michael Jordan was a gift sent by the basketball gods. Won it all under Dean Smith at Carolina in 1982, right? Turned pro after his junior year. So who's coming into the NBA just around the same time that David Stern is signing on to become the NBA commissioner in 1984? Michael Jordan, and he wasn't the only one, Hakeem Olajuwon, etc. It's one thing to be handed those gifts. It's another thing to do something with those gifts. And the NBA quickly went from that small potatoes TV package to something better and bigger. The NBA went from the biggest games sometimes being on tape delay to, of course, that no longer happens and has not happened for decades. But it's a tribute to David Stern and his brilliance and genius, if you'd like to call it that, that when those players came in, Magic and Larry, 
in the 1980s, even before TV was the superpower that it became. He built around big markets and big names and big rivalries. Magic in the Lakers against Larry in the Celtics. And the NBA became more important in the 80s than it was a product in the 70s. Minimal TV presence back then, serious drug problems back then. Do you know who was involved in putting in a drug testing plan that actually worked? David Stern, NBA commissioner, who didn't like the reputation of the league having a bunch of wild and crazy party guys. I mean, it's funny when it's Will Ferrell in your favorite Will Ferrell movie. It's not so funny when it's the actual NBA, the Miami Tropics were real in the NBA in a different kind of way, and David Stern wanted to steer that league away from those kinds of things. When the Olympics invited NBA players... And remember, that required the NBA to tweak its own rules about who was eligible to represent the United States of America. It's one thing, again, to be handed an opportunity. David Stern didn't give birth to Michael Jordan, but he certainly built around him. He didn't give birth to Larry versus Magic, but he certainly built around those rivalries. He didn't give birth to the new-look Olympics. That wasn't a David Stern enterprise. But when that gift landed in his lap, what did he turn it into? Was he resistant? Oh, no, we've got to protect our NBA. How can we let our stars play there? That, those are just a bunch of amateurs. We've always sent our collegians. I, who knows what other complications were in play at the time? David Stern saw what some viewed as threatening as an opportunity. We're going to work with our friends at the NCAA. We're going to work for, with our friends at the U.S. Olympic Committee. And we are going to use the world's largest stage. What are the world's largest stages in sports? It's the World Cup in soccer, where truly billions of people watch. And it's the every four-year Summer Olympics for most other sports. And in 1992, the dream team became reality. And the NBA went from struggling domestic league to global market league in a way that not only, of course, opens revenue streams all over the globe, but think about it this way. David Stern once spoke to an influential person from Argentina. And way back in the 80s, David Stern was trying to convince Argentina, a South American country, you know what? You guys should televise NBA games. At the beginning, he didn't care if it was late at night. He didn't care if it was tape delay. We want to sign a deal with you in Argentina to televise the NBA. Well, most of our citizens don't even know what the NBA is. This is the answer that he got back in the 1980s. Long story short, he signed a deal with the nation of Argentina and one of its big TV uh, broadcasters. The amount of money involved, seriously, was $2,000. You, <laughs> the nation of Argentina, were only charging your big sports broadcaster $2,000 a year to broadcast these NBA games to your citizens. Do you know who was among those watching way back when? The NBA certainly wasn't making a profit off of a $2,000 a year contract. And in case you didn't know, the NBA is now broadcast in more than 200 countries, in more than 40 languages. That was one and one back in the 1970s when Dave, before David Stern took over. And it wasn't all that popular here. Manu Ginobili was watching as a child in Argentina. And he says to this day that he was inspired to become not just a professional basketball player. He was inspired to become specifically an NBA player 
because that being piped into his little boy TV room when he was a young, up-and-coming Argentinian basketball player, that laid the groundwork for him to be inspired. The way Yao Ming was inspired in China to want to play in the NBA someday. And who knows how many other countless stories there are along those lines where if it were not for David Stern's vision, basically begging other countries, yeah, take it, $2,000 a year, take it here, put it on late at night, put it on early in the morning, put it on the next day. We just want the world to see what we have to offer. David Stern led a league from $10 million a year in TV revenue to $900 million a year in TV revenue because he did a lot of things right. From selling Magic and Larry to taking advantage of Michael Jordan to the dream team and the globalization, and I would argue even all the way through training his own successor. Right now, you know what happens when Gary Bettman, NHL commissioner, stands in front of NHL fans? He gets booed. He's lucky if they don't throw tomatoes at him. Remember what happened? With Rob Manfred is still in a bit of a honeymoon period, I think. Remember what happened with Bud Selig in front of baseball fans most of the time? It's like he needed security to deal with the booze and some of the obnoxious stuff. Adam Silver is probably the most popular, not probably, he is the most popular of the modern day and uh, top-level pro sports commissioners. Where did Adam Silver learn his trade? At the right hand of David Stern, who died yesterday, at the age of 77. In his 30-year tenure, 28 new NBA arenas were built. David Stern, NBA commissioner from 1984 to 2014. You can't be as successful as he was unless you had the trust of your owners, the trust of your players as well, and the trust of your employees. 200-plus countries televised the NBA now, 40-plus languages around the world. Hard work, attention to detail, seeing the bigger picture, and gaining the trust of both those owners and those players, those are all part of the legacy of one of the greatest commissioners. Pete Rozelle of the NFL, I wasn't around for his entire tenure. If you want to argue, you may know better than I. There is absolutely no doubt that David Stern is one of, at least, the best commissioners in the history of American sports. And to give one recent example, Darren, you can tell me if you're old enough to remember this. If you're not trusted by both owners and players, you do not successfully make it through the dress code adoption in the NBA. That was a cultural warfare waiting to happen. Allen Iverson, among other outspoken NBA players at the time, this is about 15 or so years ago, y'all are, are imposing what? A dress code on us as NBA players? Isn't this really a bunch of rich old white dudes smacking down the hip-hop culture because they think it's costed them money or ticket season ticket sales or image concerns or whatever else? You want to talk about a recipe for a, a complete firestorm? David Stern had the trust of enough key individual players and the trust of the overwhelming majority of owners that just as he navigated these TV negotiations, just as he navigated the Olympics, Olympics negotiations, he navigated the dress code negotiations. And it went from charges of racism to many NBA players gradually, this is fast forward a little bit, adopting the let's dress in this different way, in a way that makes our brand even better, and in some cases allows NBA players to adopt their own clothing lines whereas it had been more shoe lines that they had had in the past. You want to talk about turning a potential disaster 
into a positive that had almost everybody happy, that's not going to be in the first few paragraphs of David Stern's obituary. But I'm telling you, it is central to the reasons why he was such a success. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. We will invite callers on the other side. Is anyone playing in the NFL postseason this weekend good enough to win the Super Bowl? The Patriots and the Saints are the two of the eight playing this weekend that are getting the most support so far. And where did NFL coaches and executives place the Carolina Panthers job compared to the others that are open or expected to come open in the coming days. That answer with your calls, 1-800-849-2761. The greatest athletes of the past decade, the passing of David Stern, the continuation of bowl season, the ramping up of college basketball, and, of course, the NFL all day, every day. You can be next with your question or comment, 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Greatest athlete of the past decade. A lot of votes so far. We are looking ahead to NFL Wild Card Weekend. We are monitoring the coaching carousel. Jason Garrett meeting again with Cowboys owner Jerry Jones today. Ron Rivera has a new job in Washington, and that job has been declared by almost all folks in the know, meaning coaches, executives, and former coaches and executives worst job on the market this year Washington why Daniel Snyder Ron Rivera took that job we wish him well meanwhile the Browns have a vacancy the Giants have a vacancy your Panthers still have a vacancy the Cowboys might have a vacancy and there are eight teams playing in NFL playoff action this weekend the Bills at the Texans the Titans at the Patriots all AFC affairs on Saturday the Vikings visit the Saints the Seahawks visit the Eagles all NFC matchups on Sunday question of the day for NFL fans is anyone who has a game this weekend remember the four best records got buys is anyone in action this weekend good enough to make a run all the way through winning the Super Bowl only the Patriots and the Saints are getting any love so far today from our statewide listeners you can jump in at 1-800-849-2761 if you'd like to agree or disagree the question I posed before the break Among others, Bill Barnwell at ESPN, one of our favorites there. Mike Sando at The Athletic. If you get a chance, check out my midseason ACC Basketball Awards at The Athletic Carolina. Posted that yesterday. Check out our midseason ACC Basketball Power Rankings at accsports.com. I will be contributing more here to The Athletic Carolina and accsports.com in 2020. Bill Barnwell at ESPN, Mike Sando of The Athletic, both talked with coaches and executives and former coaches and executives, and they asked, what are the best jobs, what are the lesser jobs, and where do the Carolina Panthers fall in that conversation? The consensus worst jobs probably will not surprise you. The Cleveland Browns and the Washington Redskins viewed almost unanimously as the two worst jobs. Now, I have not seen the details of Ron Rivera's contract in Washington beyond the number of years. It's a five-year contract that is long by NFL standards, but we all know the devil is in the details. When you're working with Daniel Snyder, 
who has created a coach's graveyard. You know, Steve Spurrier couldn't win under Daniel Snyder and is still bad-mouthing him all these years later for meddling too much and just not allowing him to be the football coach. Ron Rivera, someone most of us as Panthers followers and fans wish well, if he gets a lot of guaranteed money in that five-year deal, well, you know what? It's the last job he'll ever need. And whether he wins or loses, if you get five years' worth of mega millions guaranteed, it doesn't matter. If you do well, you get an extension and you add to your pile of money. And if you do poorly, if enough is guaranteed, you've got multi-generational wealth given that he just made good money from Jerry Richardson and David Tepper here in our backyard for the last nine years. Five-year deal with Washington. We'll see if those other details come out anytime soon. Browns and Washington, the worst jobs on the market. Now, we're still monitoring the Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett conversation, so technically the Cowboys are not uh, on this list yet. But it was refreshing to me to see that whereas there was one coach in one of the polls that said because the Panthers quarterback situation is in such a state of flux, he wouldn't want to take that job from David Tepper right now. Every other indicator from these front office executives to the coaches themselves called the Carolina Panthers job one of the best jobs open on this year's market. Now, it didn't turn out that there were as many openings as we originally thought, right? Jacksonville decided to keep Doug Marone. Others decided to stay put as well. But on a list that is four or five or six long, the Carolina Panthers, in most people's eyes, are the best job or the second best job. Why? David Tepper is the wealthiest owner in the National Football League. If he wants a new state-of-the-art complex on the other side of the border, he gets it done, and it's already in motion in the Palmetto State. He wants a new stadium within the next decade. Those wheels are already turning as well. He wants an MLS franchise. Charlotte went from, like, outside the top ten in best chances at an expansion franchise from Major League Soccer to number one because of David Tepper, period. Obviously, he, wasn't, he couldn't have brought one to Billings, Montana. You also need a top 25 market. But David Tepper personally changed an equation that when other mega millionaires tried to lure an MLS team to Charlotte or Raleigh, they failed or came up short. When David Tepper threw his 12 to $13 billion worth of wealth behind it, it happened. It's not just about ownership, but when you have a guy who can sign virtually any check he wants to sign, that's attractive. When you have some problems, you can't buy your way out of them, right? The salary cap doesn't work that way, for example, when it comes to on-the-field personnel. When you need anything else, deeper pockets definitely help. These coaches and executives know that, and that's one of the reasons you see the Panthers listed as one of the more desirable vacancies in this year's coaching carousel. What else is appealing? Luke Keekley, face of the franchise, one of the best players in franchise history and still relatively young, is signed well into the future. Christian McCaffrey, offensive face of the franchise in the absence of Cam Newton, is signed one year into the future, but he is certainly a do-the-right-things-on-and-off-the-field special player. Became only the third 1,000-yard receiving, 1,000-yard rushing guy in the history of the NFL this year behind an offensive line that wasn't all that good. So you have what better combination of offensive superstar and defensive superstar where you control their contractual rights. There may be a tricky offseason with McCaffrey when it comes to the details of that extension. 
we're not blind to the idea that the Panthers don't know where they're going at quarterback. How can you say, how can you evaluate your quarterback situation when you've said out loud, we want to see what Cam looks like after he's healthy from his Liz Frank foot injury and ensuing surgery? How can you say you even understand the pecking order when Kyle Allen went from, could this guy actually be a full-time starter in the NFL? To, well, no, but he looks like a promising backup to a guy who lost his job for the Will Greer experiment in the last couple of weeks of the season. We all know how poorly that went. Will Greer's still going to be a Panther. Kyle Allen's still going to be a Panther, or at least under their control. It is the ultimate unpredictable variable. Where do they go at quarterback, given that you can't know Cam Newton's physical status until he comes out the other side of his rehabilitation? That is an asterisk. But if I'm a Panthers fan, it feels good to know that whether it's Barnwell at ESPN or Sando at The Athletic, and I've seen these other polls as well, almost unanimously with the asterisk attached to quarterback, every other indicator suggests that David Tepper has a very desirable job and is viewed as a very desirable employer. That certainly maximizes your chances of getting the guy you want. While we were away during the holidays, Mike McCarthy Former Packers coach interviewed at least twice with the Carolina Panthers. They are in the process of asking for permission to talk to some of these assistants on playoff teams. There are rules that allow you, for example, if Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs wants to talk to the Panthers this week, since the Chiefs are one of those with a bye, that can happen under NFL rules, whereas, you know, if you don't follow the rules, you can end up with tampering charges. 1-800-849-2761. Is anyone playing this weekend good enough to win the Super Bowl? Patriots and the Saints, the only ones getting any support so far. You can jump in on the David Stern passing if you like. You can jump in on the greatest athlete of the decade if you like. And with bowl season in mind, which single Power 5 conference looks really, really good right now? And which single Power 5 conference looks really, really bad right now? And what did you think? Did the officials, the Zebras, the referees, did they screw the Ohio State Buckeyes out of what should have been a date with LSU in the college football national championship game? I watched every play of Clemson against Ohio State. I tuned out early like much of America while LSU was romping Oklahoma. Did the Buckeyes get the short end of that stick? My thoughts with yours, 1-800-849-2761, next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, Norman once in from the Triangle, others from elsewhere across our great state. We're reviewing greatest athletes of the past decade, LeBron James and Serena Williams getting the most votes, as they did in the official Associated Press announcement while we were all on the holiday. Tom Brady, Mike Trout, Usain Bolt, Steph Curry, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Lionel Messi, Novak Djokovic, Floyd Mayweather Jr. from the boxing world. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. As we go to Norman and look forward to Rick Bennell on the NBA, later Jordan Cornette of the ACC Network on College Hoops, 
which Power 5 league looks the best right now in college football and which has looked the worst during bowl season? And did the Buckeyes get screwed out of a date with LSU in the national championship game during the course of that Clemson-OSU semifinal? More on that later. The Power 5 conferences clearly are led by the SEC again and clearly have the Big 12 trailing again. Now, it is not an embarrassment to get squashed by LSU. Oklahoma, in the Final Four, representing and carrying the Big 12 flag, got annihilated by LSU, 63-28. to Your league's 1-5 bowl record, and I remember off the top of my head a couple of other annihilations. Iowa State got just curb stomped by Notre Dame, for example. A couple of the other losses were closer, and I don't know if you can draw too many conclusions when you lose by a field goal or whatever. Yesterday, it was Georgia 26, Baylor 14 in the Sugar Bowl. So again, the Big 12 comes out on the wrong side. One in five, the Big 12 so far. Six and two, the SEC so far. I've been at this for 30 plus years, folks, and I'll tell you one bottom line. If you are willing to defend the ACC in basketball, the numbers and the facts and the evidence usually back you up. And if you go out to defend the SEC in football, the numbers, the facts, and the evidence and the results usually back you up. It's just that simple. I'm not saying every single year, but overwhelmingly when you doubt the ACC in basketball, somebody hangs another banner while representing the Atlantic Coast Conference. And overwhelmingly when you start to nitpick the SEC, oh, I think they're overrated, they get too much credit, the playoff committee is bending over for them, yada, yada. Guess what? The SEC is 6-2 and two in bowl games. LSU did crush Oklahoma. Georgia did beat Baylor. Alabama stomped Michigan. Kentucky beat Virginia Tech. Florida beat Virginia. A&M beat Oklahoma State. I mean, some of those were thrashings. Norman and Raleigh wants an athlete of the decade. Welcome to the David Glenn Show, and Happy New Year. Go right ahead. Hey, David. Happy New Year. You sound uh, pretty darn doggone refreshed. Uh, it was a good holiday. Amen, it was. Uh, uh, the Canes, I want to just make quick comments. Uh, I think they're in for a really, really good year coming up here. Those guys have really they – have, they have bit into Roddy's philosophy and – grits and they are certainly a they believe mirror image yeah. of him on the ice you well put and uh oh do we lose him did, did, he had an athlete of the decade he was proposing Sidney crosby that was not anti-penguins crossfire uh Sidney crosby from the hockey world is the right answer to that question somebody might say alex ovechkin he did have the most goals, Ovechkin, over the last decade, and he did eventually win that Stanley Cup. I think Sid the Kid had at least two of those just this decade, among other great accomplishments. Again, LeBron James and Serena Williams led the vote for all sports combined, but certainly a lot of others worth celebrating. And the Carolina Hurricanes glancing here forward in 2020. Duke and the Canes have the best chance to do big things. Back after this. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. Is everything open, man? We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show.